On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Rita Farr's movies were any good on this week's Doom Patrol, if the floor gets sticky when Santa comes down our chimney, if Mike can convince Ed Cunard from The Greatest Songs Ever Sung Poorly that he can sing poorly, all of that and more on an all-new episode of the Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet that reviews every single live-action television show based on a comic book or uh, an animated series. Um, animated series <laughs> wow, I went into Dangerous. rogue mode and almost destroyed us. <sighs> Guys, what happens if I do say it now, though? Like, we have to watch the new shit. God, that's even worse. For I'm- new listeners, if Cassie, for some reason, says, based on a comic book or comic book property... We have to go back to covering The Walking Dead, which is our job anyway, <laughs> but we refuse to do it. We simply won't do it, and um, I w- hopefully will never say that phrase. Um, it did almost slip out, though, so I am now scared. But um, And the rule is, Mike, we all have to cover it, or just Cassie? We all do. We what all the- go down together. <laughs> this <laughs> The captain goes down. down with the ship, but she is tied us to that ship. That's right. I'm not watching it alone and talking about it alone. Are you kidding me? What a terrible time. We'll still talk about it. We'll just be like, boo. <laughs> Sounds bad, boo. Um, the people who would be going down on that ship with me, of course, are is Ryan. That's me. <laughs> Was that a terrible um, introduction? At least you didn't say uh, based on Orion or Ryan property. Yeah, because Orion property. Um, you, people don't know this, but you're huge in the real estate game. Sure. Absolutely. Real- uh, some people are like, fake estate? No. I keep it real estate. <laughs> the realest in the game that is Ryan. his tagline <laughs> it's not why he gets so many customers it just draws them all in i think any tagline that starts with um some um people say <laughs> um so there's like some chatter uh out there and uh, they're saying this uh speaking of chatter we do have a mic on here i like to chatter but i refuse to go down on any ships <laughs> they cannot give consent and i won't do it uh what if it's got one of those female head masks Oh, yeah, I'm going to go down on that. Wooden mermaids, <laughs> that's my thing. You've had tongue splinters before. Mm-hmm. Every time there's a fuck-up that I do, and I'm like, we're past it. Nobody's going to come back to it. Mike's there. He's like, nah, don't forget about this. I, and- I stop listening. The minute you mess up, I stop <laughs> listening until you introduce me, and then I get to talk about that. Let's be clear. The only ship that Mike's going to go down on is friendship. He goes down on his friends. And we love that. Mike, not I'm right, not right now, buddy. Not right now. <laughs> I'm a friend who gives. <laughs> that is, of course, Mike finding out that my crotch is covered in ham. <laughs> Why is it always covered in ham? Honey baked. Oh, what should it be covered in? <laughs> Cassie. The fact that Mike's answer to it was just honey baked, I have no further questions. <laughs> where do you think the term I'm going to go ham on that dick came from? Came from Mike. Yeah, where, where, where do you think that term came from? Webster added that to the dictionary this year. <laughs> well, as I'm sure people can clearly tell, um, this is a Christmas, <laughs> Christmas time. <laughs> we, we've been hanging out with our families too much and we're punch drunk. And we've been <laughs> nogging it up. Nogging it up. 
got a there's a big old punch bowl we've just poured whatever into the eggnog in the middle it's kind of like a king's cup eggnog going on in the oh, studio she <laughs> <laughs> just made a gross thing grosser eggnog is so delicious already what can we add to it to make it more delicious whatever we have available dick um, ham <laughs> cubed dick ham over here <laughs> that's that's gonna be a doom patrol character very soon <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> Um, speaking of Doom Patrol, that is what we will be covering in this episode. It is, of course, again, as a present to you all, a shorter episode. Um, you're welcome. Santa brought you this gift. Um, that means there's time to listen to it twice. Yes. See who's naughty and nice. You know, like, during the holiday season, people are always like, I kind of need to escape from my family. I need time away. And we were like, um, you get short amount of time with us. You go talk to your family. Yeah, we're forcing family on you. You go talk to your family, everyone. Um, Talk to your family and make them listen to this show. There you go. We can have a talking point. Let them listen to this. And then maybe they'll see, like, you are a good child. Maybe it'll bring you guys closer together because they'll be like, those aren't mine. If you (laughs) sit down at Christmas dinner or holiday dinner, whatever it is, and you blast speakers at the dinner of this particular podcast. Your family's going to love it. Especially if they're having ham that night. <laughs> it was prepared Your special. mom will lean over after having too much of her King's Cup eggnog and be like, the first time I touched your father's dick ham. <laughs> um, I'm hating thinking about that. So I am going to end this intro. Um, as I said, we'll be talking about Doom Patrol. That's the third episode of the fourth season. So let's go ahead and go to that right now. On the third episode of Doom Patrol, someone is holding a Rita Farr retrospective, or so Rita thinks. Instead, a green gas comes into the room, turning this pleasant viewing experience into Pleasantville. Eventually, the rest of the Doom Patrol winds up in the movies as well. Meanwhile, Cyborg reconnects with his Detroit friends and plays laser tag. Taste buds, I ask you this. Is Cyborg to Doom Patrol as Mike and Jakeem are to Stargirl? When you started talking about Mike, I thought you were going to say, as Mike is to the Superior Show show, and I was like, that's get offended. <laughs> he normally is. I loved this episode in general, and I really liked Cyborg's friends dealing with him different ways. Some are like star fuckers and are in love with the fact that he used to be a superhero. Some are dogging him and are like, well, he's not a superhero anymore. Fuck that guy. And some are just like, you became a superhero and never talk to us again, you dumb motherfucker. I, I liked it. One friend is outright saying everything that should be under his breath as loud as possible, (laughs) and everybody looks at him, doesn't say a word, and then continues with the conversation. Yeah. Like, essentially, like, getting on top of the table. Like, he, like, draws everything to a quiet, and he's like, hey, this motherfucker. And I'm like, this is, this guy's going so hard, and I kind of respect it. And that's not the friend who gets to Cyborg and hurts him later in the show. Yeah, ultimately, is it the one that has the tie? My favorite thing that this person does, and it's something that I'm going to fold into my personality, is before, if everybody, there's four people, everybody's talking quickly, uh, still, before you say anything, take a fork, tap on a glass, stand up, and make your (laughs) shitty comment. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm with you, Mike. I did enjoy... Like, I don't know, there was something about these friends getting together, the dynamic of them, like, you could tell they did have this feeling of, like, all this childhood, like, memories and stuff, and it was just, like, a reconnecting, but also, like, there's a lot to deal with there, and you kind Mm -hmm. of just, like, got a little surface of it all. I thought it was a really, like, interesting scene, and, like, more than I would assume they would give Cyborg. Let me me push back uh, on what you guys are saying by saying you guys are fucking wrong, and this is terrible. Okay. Laser tag? Are you shitting me? Did they win? Were they robot 
champions and also laser tag champions. What did what did what did these four of these people not champions of? And by the way, in their fi- his final <laughs> speech, when uh, the main friend is talking to Vic, he says, and I quote, uh, "We have been shaped by life in Detroit," which is <laughs> that is a character note that yeah, became dialogue. That was, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> what do you, I'm not saying it was great writing. I'm just we, for more than most cyborg things, I, yeah. I liked this angle. I was upset that we had to keep returning to it, much like oh. Micah Jakeem in Stargirl. Also, that his friends were speaking nothing but truth, and he was just like, whatever, I was grieving too. He refused to listen to very good points they made. These I friends th- who were the pallbearers at Cyborg's mother's funeral. But I see, I disagree. I think that this guy was like, we were grieving too about your mom's death. And Vic is like, well, I had to go. I had to grieve, figure out who I was, and now I'm back. But you left when we were grieving right. your mom. Like, I guess that's true, bud. Can we get over it? It's also like the most realistic. People get weird about death. Uh, I don't know. That part worked. I agree that the we are characters from Detroit did not work so well. I think it was a beautiful line, perfectly delivered, and I'm going to live by it. It's going to become Cassie's catchphrase now. (laughs) I do. um, I was confused. Are are they group always going to that pizza thing? Yeah, they go every Friday since they were in high school. Great. Week. That part Which is, was the part none of them should be as fit me. as they looked then. Yeah. The pizza place that has a full, giant room of laser tag. Is yeah. this a Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah, that makes me think, is these adult men go to Chuck E. Cheese every week? <laughs> There's a lot. It left a lot of questions. Not what I think they wanted us to question, but I really just needed the history of this place that they go to. I love The guy is like uh, shooting kids with laser guns. Just like, do you see how hard life in Detroit is, man? <laughs> <laughs> It's a war going on. It's also like a even laser Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> even Chuck E. Cheese doesn't bring up the reigning champs and be like, anybody want to challenge them? I yeah. was like, what is, is this the LARP? What is happening? But I was here for it personally. Um, that's just one side point of it, though. Cyborg's on his complete other thing. We do have Rita going through it uh, personally. So she goes to the movies all by herself and her popcorn friends. Does she... Does she buy nine things of popcorn yeah, she to buy, give to yeah. her fans? <laughs> that makes it so much more embarrassing. <laughs> the way she stacked a couple up in the chair next to her, like so it did look like a person. I was like, <laughs> you don't even want to pop your head in the theater and do a count real quick before you buy popcorn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was just so sure. She was like, I'm gonna come in like a hero. It's She's all like, about me. I'm supplying only nine things of popcorn. Pass it around. I want to see row. what the lobby looks like. Is there one employee that's just fine with? guests passing out at this theater <laughs> yeah um well i assume it's like you know like a creepy like you only go to this theater to die essentially yeah. like, it okay. smells like piss like, style yeah there's a laser tag room in the back <laughs> god how lit of a place would that be everywhere should have a laser tag room point number one um question number two <laughs> <laughs> going from points to questions um how did you guys like seeing these little movie moments for rita before she got sucked in oh it it was so it's so fun to what make other actors talk in the way rita has to talk week in week out on the show and then the first movie uh secret rendezvous i think is a very broad take on the philadelphia story Mm -hmm. uh yeah all those divorce comedies of the 30s and was yeah it was awesome to be like isn't Aren't movies dumb? Feels like the point of watching all of Rita Farr's old movies. Should we have a secret rendezvous? Yes, let's have a secret <laughs> rendezvous. All right, secret rendezvous it is. <laughs> and then 
something horrifying by the end of this episode so we find out there's two villains who kind of trapped her in here and they're trying to steal her emotions uh but other actors are people and we don't get their backstory just every once in a while they break character like just do what she says so we can see our families again and we don't know why they've been here for years or if they get they get home to safety yeah that scene with that character so it's like wandavision you know when you see them break yes. a little bit and they're like hey i just want to go home but you didn't know that about these people like i was so i was like how long has this person been here like this dude had a full breakdown and was like please just say your line don't drag this out anymore and i was like oh damn. it's always so dark like for some reason this fake movie person trapped little trope that has appeared is like heartbreaking or like that twilight zone episode with the kid who can is obsessed uh-huh. with cartoons and like traps all the people in the town. Mm. Anything like that is fucking scary. Did but the guy just blipped out of existence, right? I think. Did he? Yeah, it, feel, it felt like he did. He didn't like make it home to his family after he <laughs> fucked things up. And then there's the second. So I get Doctor Janice, who Madame Rouge is reading about. Uh, Doctor, but then there was Mister Element uh, from Heroes. From Heroes, yeah. So he's from Heroes, and then he was like sort of on the bad guy side, but then sort of on their side. I'm sure what? that'll be explained later. <laughs> also, Dr. Janice, first thing I'm thinking, this is the villain of the episode, is Dr. Janice. First thing I'm thinking is it's Janice, like Chandler from Friends. Uh-huh. That should have been the actress they cast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's J A N U S, which means that she has two faces, right? Isn't that what Janice means in like Greek yes. mythology? But it's also, more important, the thing that you see before every great all-time movie that you watch it's from uh-huh. janice films and these films did not seem like that no these were not janice films these were dr j anus films <laughs> you mean traitor the butt zombie traitor the butt zombie the final movie uh spartacus 752 where dr janice shows up that yeah. did not seem like a good movie no and i, I like because uh Rita and Larry are on the outs because Larry wouldn't do something for Rita early on the episode. But his proof that he's a good friend is he knows not only all the plot points and lines in her movies, yeah. but also this was her first big flop. <laughs> and I'm like, that's how he proves he's her friend. Which, her look to him when he says that. Damn, he almost died just from that look. Uh, but yeah, we have... The first one she drops in is like that... Uh, divorce comedy secret thing. rendezvous yes. yeah and then there's like a horror one that were is it just Jan- jane in that one and or they're all in that one. they're all in it. until the end uh, uh, larry gets there with his new friend but yeah they they're like oh this isn't scary at all because it's from the 40s or whatever until there's a little kid and they're like nope <laughs> fuck that like, let's hide in the closet <laughs> kids will always be creepy and then yeah, we we end with that one where we find out they're trying to channel her emotions, which are falling into her locket, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, and that's how in the they've been teasing that Immortus will rise, and we find out that he apparently needs her emotions. Yeah, so that that that, that is clearly going to be the big bet of the season. It's not going to be all zombie butts all the time. Uh, but they don't even know Immortus will rise. That was the British magician guy in a hood as like a stinger of the first episode that they. We're yeah. doing whatever, and then they saw a Polaroid that said Immortus will rise. Isn't Immortus a Marvel villain? Isn't that one of Kang the Kang's Conquerors? Yeah. yeah. Do you think we're going to get Jonathan Majors? I hope so. I hope <laughs> this is on Doom Patrol is when all of the multiverses clash. <laughs> Wouldn't it make the most sense? Yeah, that no. I mean, Doom Patrol is deserves it if it doesn't make the most sense. Um, Madame Rouge did not get thrown into the screen. No, she because she saw them pass out, so she turned into a bird and flew far, far away. <laughs> it's a good move. Um, 
there's a couple things. She goes home to toast herself because she's such a failure, and she takes a shot for every one of her failures. This is something that you and I have done together, Mike, but not yes. separately. But the the bad game we play is we toast each other's failures, so then we're also drunk and mad at each other. <laughs> and yeah, and fucking pissed and throwing <laughs> punches at each other that never land. Uh, her drink of choice is gin. Yeah, that Ugh. is rough, man. Ugh. That means that you hate yourself. She did five <laughs> shots back to back and then just started chugging from the bottle, and she didn't puke everywhere? Bullshit. And did one of my favorite nightly events of, oh, need another bottle, and then you have to <laughs> like get up and waddle away. <laughs> I do feel like it was Jin is fits her character though. Like if I see her, I'm thinking Jin. It matches. Um, I feel like that's like the main plot points for this this baddie. This baddie uh, of Keek saves the day. Larry went from hunting Keeg, mm-hmm. which is the little baby alien, and then Keeg saves him, even though he was being a brat earlier. And then goes into the Doctor from Heroes. Um, yes. And so I I don't know if that makes him a main character now, and if is Larry just worthless? Yeah, well he does. If he unwraps his face, he still has his own radiation. He could kill people with, yeah. but it's kind of like having Black Bolt on the team. You're either right. can do nothing or destroy everybody, including your friends. He's there just to quote Rita's movies now. That's all he can do. I don't like. I think that's a pretty good skill to have. So yeah. every friend group needs that. <laughs> Every friend needs the friend who is like, oh, one of us is a huge narcissist. One of us has to be in charge of maintaining that ego. And that's why I'm on the podcast for Ryan. Do you guys buy... No, that's actually true. That checks out. Do you guys buy Rita's march across the bridge towards her friends and all of her, like, we're family now? And I think so. I think she is the one with the clearest arc over the four seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And she's been like, they always, every time Rita's always hitting so many lows, they kind of all are, but like Rita's are just so like, she gets like isolates essentially. And it's always like, Hey, reach out to people. So I feel like eventually it's gotta be like, she'll come to her team and her family. And I, it's probably going to happen this season, I guess, hopefully. Um, Yeah. I just, I, because like in these two, this episode and last week, all season really, um, she has been sort of shown to not be a great leader to have, Ulterior motives that are very selfish. And right. hopefully this, she can turn it around, maybe take the team back from Rouge and become the leader they need. Yeah. With flats, though. It's so important. Of course with flats. <laughs> Obviously with flats. Um, all right. So let's go to moments of the week. Mike, what do you got? I really liked Madame Rouge's drunken monologue of all the ways. And she like got drunk to the point that she was talking to herself and the camera angles would flip back and forth as if there were two actors there. Mm. Uh and her also, we find out Niles Calder redacts his own files and redacted how to combat Dr. Janice. Yeah. Uh, all of that. I think uh, this actress is is awesome, and I'm glad she survived Riverdale to come here. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, Not Riverdale, the other one. Sabrina? Sabrina. Uh, my moment of the week is when the fucking robot dorks, not robot man, but the team uh, who made robots when they were kids. Uh, they bring the robot to the pizza place, of course, as you do. They probably do it every Friday. <laughs> and Vic says, oh, remember that insignia we burned into the bottom of the foot? And then flips the robot over and then says, it's still there. <laughs> where would it have gone, Vic? What well, would have happened to the robot where the insignia that you burned into it disappeared, you fucking cyborg moron? He doesn't polish it every week like they do. So he didn't know the condition it was in. You never know. 
uh my moment of the week is also in there we talked about it it's just when there there's this group of kids and the guy who owns the restaurant's like who wants to challenge these kids to laser tag and they're like man these dorks and then these full grown-ass adults are yeah. like we will these perfect okay. maybe that hit because i as a full grass grown-ass adult have taken on kids at laser tag that's a <laughs> lot of fun so that rang true to me did you take off your coat and reveal bulging muscles yes Okay, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about your muscles. I mean, look at him. How could he not? Y'all forgot about the muscles. I can't believe the coats even stay together and not get torn apart by Just your muscles. Just a Hulk out. <laughs> um, that is it for Doom Patrol. We do, of course, got to talk about a website now. Ryan? Yes? Tell me about a website that you've been thinking of out of your own brain. Uh, well, you guys know that I'm an exercise fiend, but I mostly only work out one part of my body. So what I have invented on this website is uh, jackets, like suit jackets, but with uh, shoulder pads, and they the shoulder pads pop off to show off your incredibly built, giant, muscular elbows. And elbows. shoulder pads pop off to show off your elbows. The elbow pads, obviously, is what I said. Okay, sure. <laughs> Did you mishear me? I guess I miss. Ah, excuse me. My ears were clogged. Yeah. Maybe take off your shoulder pads, put them on the elbows where they belong, because I think they're clogging your ears. So your elbow pads obviously pop off, and then you're walking around town with no nothing covering your elbows except fucking man meat. Man, man meat. Yeah, that's what, man meat. Mm-hmm. That's what I call my muscles. Great, yeah. And um, you're you're releasing the tips on how to get these um these bows beefy on here. Uh no, I think I'm gonna keep that for me. Okay, it's kind of like uh, if you don't know, you don't know. But if you do know, you can work out the bows, and then um buy these coats. These bows coats. Perfect. Um, Did I tell you the uh, uh, name of the website, the URL? No, give us the URL, please. It's uh, They're not shoulder pads, they're elbowpads.com. I'm sure people are stumbling it's memorable. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Ryan, uh, since you've, you know, there's a lot of brain power going towards um, figuring this out. Getting uh, those there bows is. Strong. Can I tell you one of the new features that we have for 2023? Please do. If you're if you're ready to drop that, just to everyone out here listening. I, this kind of is an exclusive, so maybe don't tell anybody. Okay. But uh, when you put the coats on and then you flex your bows uh, and both of the elbow pads fly off, you hear a little... That's... Well, okay. That's, that's the most that's intimidating pretty, That's a part. great feature. That's that's huge. But first of all, how did it not start with that? Obviously, you got to have that. Well, how is that not out the gate? You can't release your product with all of the features built in. You have to yeah. hold some of it back. What you do okay. is you invent all the features right away and then sprinkle them out throughout the years to make more money. That's what For Steve 20- Jobs did. <laughs> For 2024, what we have is that the uh, shoulder pads, <clears throat> the elbow pads elbow. are attached to your elbow, to your coat with a chain. And so they pop off and there's like a six-inch chain and they become... Bow chucks, and Look, you can swing your elbows around and hit people with it. I don't. So, I don't want to be a business consultant because that costs a lot of money. You'd have to hire me, but like maybe one eventually, based on your, how you misspeak, maybe shoulder pads should also pop off. <laughs> uh, speaking of popping off, maybe you need to watch your goddamn mouth. <laughs> also, as some other business advice, maybe there's like an in between point from just a popping noise to them becoming full. Bow chucks. You know like what? I feel like there's an in between point between version like what two and three. Um, I don't know. Like- oh yeah, well, let's go to Cassie, the non-professional creator <laughs> of elbow coats, to see what she thinks instead of me, who's sitting right here. Like maybe the next one is just like a little bit thicker. Like there's just extra stupid. cushion. There's, Wrong like, man. That is stupid. I agree. That is stupid. Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> 
fuck me. I won't, I won't give you business advice. I will leave that all to you guys. I will point you to my friend cybersprout.net because they're going to help you build this website. Okay. You guys do all spend all your time thinking about how to make the bows great. They're going to make the website great. That's because they offer premium hosting that's specifically built for WordPress. They handle security maintenance, backup speed optimization. They focus on collaboration. They work hand in hand, bow and bow with you. That's cybersprout.net, your partner for a digital world. Coming up next, guys, we have an interview. Mike, you have an interview this week, I believe. Yes, I got to sit down with Ed Kennard of The Greatest Songs Ever Sung Poorly, a podcast all about the art of karaoke. Beautiful. And did you guys just instantly bond over this? It went pretty well, Cassie. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and listen to that right now. Welcome to the crossover, Crisis on Infinite Pods, the segment where we introduce you to other podcaster types doing cool things in the wide world of nerddom. Today's guest is Ed Kennard, host of The Greatest Song Ever Sung Poorly, the podcast that takes karaoke exactly as seriously as it should be taken. Ed, welcome. Thanks for having me, Mike. Thanks for being here. So, I can sort of, you know, stumble my way through explaining your show, but why don't you do the profesh version? The professional version. Uh... Our show is a labor of love that came from, not surprisingly, the pandemic. The karaoke bars closed down, and that's the one thing that Adam and I will do in lieu of any other kind of social interaction. So we started a karaoke-themed podcast that is a mix of music trivia, interviews with interesting people who happen to like karaoke, and shenanigans. Let's say shenanigans. Shenanigans. Every, Every good podcast could use a few shenanigans. Yeah. So did you and Adam, your co-host who couldn't be here with us, did you meet on the karaoke scene somewhere? or No, actually, uh, we worked together when I was in grad school, and he took me to karaoke. And I, I mean, I had done it like a couple times before, but not seriously, and I don't think he was that serious about it before either. And we just developed this horrible addiction to it to the point where we would go somewhere between five and seven nights a week while we were living in the same town. And how did that, I mean, as vices go, that's not a terrible one, but how did that hurt the bank account? Like, were they free spots? Was always open bar? Did you ever do, like, the private room karaoke? We also did private room to karaoke together uh, once. That that wasn't great. I didn't enjoy that as much because it was just the two of us, and uh, mm-hmm. that the two hours is tough to fill with just two people. Uh, it was it was mostly just, you know, Western Pennsylvania, so dive bar karaoke for the gotcha. most part. So not as expensive as it could have been, but still... You know, on a grad student budget, not great at the time. And what what was it about it that you're like, okay, I'm a casual fan. I've been a couple of times, and then something, the the magical conglomeration of you and Adam and dive bars, and you're like, we should do this almost every night. It's hard to say. Thinking back on it, uh, at, at, in that in those early days, it was a almost a reason to be in the bar and drink without feeling like an alcoholic. Sure. Uh, you know. Uh, and now Adam's somebody who can actually sing. I'm somebody who has gotten better at singing over time. But once I figured out that I could do like the hip hop I grew up with at karaoke, I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, this is fun. And I'm a very outgoing, extroverted person. I like being around people and I like performing. So it it was a no brainer at that point. I definitely uh, can relate to all of that. The not good singer, but goddamn, <laughs> do I love it. And so when you're putting together, I understand, pandemic hits. What do we do? We miss karaoke. How, how do how did you figure out the structure of your show? How do you get your guests? Uh, the structure of the show, I mean, it's changed over time. Season two, we actually had a 
more solid format. We were kind of exploring and learning as we went when we did it. I mean, we came in knowing nothing. We recorded our very first episode over Discord. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even know Discord could do that. Neither did I. I, I in all fairness, I did not know what Discord was <laughs> when we did that. Uh, but at, as time went on, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I, I really always have. And I try to kind of format things in a way that reflected some of my tastes mm-hmm. in podcasting, especially when I took over the editing side. And that's how we did it. Like we knew we didn't just want to have two guys talking to each other too. I mean, we, there are so many podcasts out there that are two middle-aged white men talking to each other. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so we didn't want it to just be that. And we always want to talk to like anybody we talk to about karaoke. And so that was our way of doing it. We've you know, found great people to talk to. We had a lot of fun doing that and just reaching out to people is just a matter of me being kind of fearless with things is like, hey, if I can make contact with you, I'm going to ask you to be on my show if I think you might fit. With that, you, you you've mentioned off air you you got Fred Turner. How did or Frank Turner rather? How did that happen? Well, Frank Turner is one of my f- absolute favorite musicians. I just booked my tickets to uh, Lost Evening Six, the festival that's going to be in uh, California in September uh, next year. But I heard him tell a karaoke story on a on another great podcast, Liam Bird's Punks and Pubs podcast. I'm like, oh, he's got a karaoke story? Let me shoot him an email. And uh, he's like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, okay, that that went better than expected. That's awesome. Yeah. I woke up at 6 in the morning to do that one because of the time difference to the UK. Sure. So, <laughs> Oh, did you worth have to do the recording? Yeah. In my head, I was like, to email? You probably could have emailed whenever. <laughs> <laughs> And that, that's what, you know, silver lining of the pandemic. I feel like so many people were more open to doing it. Be like, yeah, I don't know you. I'll be on your show because why not? Oh, if we didn't have the remote technology, we wouldn't be able to do it. Because like I said, Adam Adam moved to New Jersey and then to Queens right around the time that we started doing this. Mm-hmm. This was like the only way we could hang out and do something karaoke related with that much distance in between us. So without the uh, ability to record remotely, none of that would have happened. Did you and Adam ever try the uh, the remote like digital karaoke rooms that popped up there? Yeah, that it was tough because like if somebody else is playing the sound, you're on a lag. If you're playing the sound, everything's weird, and it just it, it still just doesn't feel the same. I mean, you, you've okay. you've done karaoke, you know that there's a vibe and an energy in a room, and you don't really get that staring at a screen. Doing this and karaokeing forever, what what like karaoke misnomers or misunderstandings have you run into throughout your life? The biggest misunderstanding, I think, is that people think you have to be good to do it, enjoy it, and to have people clap for you. And I am living proof that you do not have to be good. But if you're having a good time, everyone's going to have a good time. Yeah, energy and showmanship carry a lot of bad singing, I think. They go a long way, especially for me. <laughs> On the, the opposite side, are there do you have karaoke pet peeves? I think anybody who does anything for a great period of time will have some pet peeves, and I feel bad at expressing some of them, but, I mean, my big pet peeve is a song choice. It's uh, it's Kid Rock and Sheryl Crow's picture. There was a period of time where you could not go to a karaoke bar anywhere without hearing people sing it, and somebody once pointed out to me, I think in one of our show interviews, that you've never heard a good version of Picture Done at Karaoke. One person might have sang well, but right. never both. And it's usually like, it's like, this is a song about love. It's not a song about love. It's a horrible song for love. Like, this is not your date song. Please stop. I feel like so many people latch onto one lyric or the fact that it's uh, two people singing together and they're like, this is a love song and don't 
dig into songs, right? And what they actually are. It's like how uh, Every Breath You Take became a wedding oh, song. Oh, yeah. yeah terrible wedding song. Good song, but terrible wedding song. Or what's the new... The, there's an updated version of it. Is it James Blunt's Beautiful? Right, that he wrote about stalking some girl on a train, right? Yeah. He yeah. cracked out on a train <laughs> and stalking <laughs> a girl. And people are like, this is our first dance. Like, yeah. Mm, okay. Do you have advice for, for say, people listening are, are karaoke virgins what advice do you have for them you should just do it because statistically speaking you probably won't be the best person in the room but you also probably won't be the worst so what do you have to lose other than picture what is what is a song choice that not because the song is so bad because maybe the song is so hard but everybody tries it what do you think is out there? i think it's i think it's more of a genre and i yeah. think it's more like if you don't love hip-hop and you don't know hip-hop yeah. don't rap at karaoke it's not just talking it's harder than you think it is, and you will probably fail if you really don't know what you're doing. Most of the time for karaoke, there are words, and you can go along. Hip-hop, most of the time, it's so fast that you better have the song pretty much memorized, right, to, to stay like half a beat ahead. Absolutely, because it's not like the lyrics scan with the actual rhythm and flow of a song. They just go across. Right. Do you have a current go-to? I'm sure you've gone through phases. Oh, I've gone through phases. Like, my standard go-to is... And I, I only pull out go-tos really now when I'm traveling or in a new place. But my, my go-to is always Angel by Shaggy and Rayvon. Okay. Always. That's always my go-to. That that or a Johnny Cash song or Punk Rock Girl by the Dead Milkman. Did you get the real high nasally? It's the only one that I can do that on because usually I'm, I, I have a much deeper singing voice. But that one right. I can I think I was just Easily built for up. punk music. <laughs> Uh, do you have a guest? Like, I mean, you've already had a, a, some huge guests, right? Do you have like, uh, I, how am I forgetting the word for wish, dream, dream guest? A dream guest. Uh, possibly Ron Perlman. Okay. Who apparently wow. loves karaoke. And that, I mean, that's really like, that is the only thing that we care about having someone on the show. Right. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, you're you're a comics guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I love grant morrison right if they did not like karaoke i would not have a way to have them on my show right because you wouldn't be like yeah, hey, here i'm gonna convince you to like karaoke in this half hour interview exactly so uh whenever i hear somebody's like into karaoke i'm like huh, i wonder how that i wonder how that show would go yeah let's give it a shot have you ever so so your show's kind of split right it's it's uh you and adam are doing trivia and then the guest comes on later there's games uh, in between, have you ever tried to blend the guests and just be like, do this whole thing with us? Uh, we there was a period of time where we were trying to do like these song bracket elimination things, where like the number one karaoke party song, the number one karaoke duet, and we would have that be mm-hmm. like the whole episode. Uh, but it just takes forever. Like if you if you're trying to do a proper bracket, sixteen songs arguing back and forth, it ends up getting really long and unwieldy. Yes. And I have about an hour's patience for recording shows usually. So, <laughs> As uh, we do a lot of right, – so I'm part of a few shows all under the pop filter umbrella and brackets are uh, have been heavy lifeblood for the last yeah. decade. And, yeah, they uh, they can get very lengthy. And you're like, we thought this would be 45 minutes and it's three hours later. So now this is a numerous episode drop. And the, the structure of our brackets, the way that we did it, and I thought it was fun for us, but I don't think, I honestly don't think it was that fun for anybody who would listen to it, is that we would mm-hmm. randomly get a song of our bracket and have to defend it against the other one and argue it. Right. 
and then have the have the person who was brought in on that like chime in and and choose and like it was a fun conversation but like I, I don't know if it made like for as good of a show as when we solidified our format and decided okay we're going to do trivia karaoke topic interview done mm-hmm. Are you always the master of ceremonies? Do you always do the trivia? Or do you guys go back and forth? There? We go, we go back and forth as a challenge. Uh, we're on a little hiatus right now, but for the I, I do believe I have one for the second season. Spoiler, sorry. Nice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but we, but that's been part of the fun too. Is like writing our trivia structure is you know music focused, obviously, because how much just karaoke trivia could you have? And then we finish it off with an impossible bonus question where we take something that has nothing to do with anything in that specific category but something like kind of tweak to it so if it's about cool things you know something about you know the coldest place in the known universe as estimated by scientists or or, or something like that right you know so i it's been fun challenging each other back and forth because if if we have to be in a bar we don't have to be in a bar but we're in bars our our second favorite thing to do is trivia in a bar sure you know we are back from that interview. Ryan, do you, are you worried about um, Mike no longer being friends with us because he's such good friends with... I'm worried about him not being friends with us because we don't let him because he doesn't have uh, good working elbow pads on his jacket. Always. No, but look at my sick shoulder pads. They are sick in that they make me throw up. They make me sick. Oh, the new yeah. jacket for 2025, when your elbows get cold after your elbow pads pop off, your shoulder pads pop off and cover up your elbows. So Smart. Smart, smart. You know what? Good. <laughs> that one's I support solid. this. <laughs> no notes on that one. Solid. Um, all right, you guys. It is time just to wrap up this show. Uh, Mike, can you please tell us about the websites? Popfilter.co is where you can go get everything we make. Throw a little slash Amazon on there. Look, it, we're not going to lie. You're late for Christmas. You're late for Hanukkah. But maybe you can get um, uh, a New Year's Eve present. You're early for my birthday. You're early for Ryan's birthday and probably anybody's birthday because it's going to be 2023. What? They're going to be born on January 1st? I don't think so. That's a lie. Popfilter.co slash Amazon. And then if you want to support us directly or get them an even more fun gift, go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Pick a tier, rate a tier, listen to joy for your ears. Is there one more website you want to talk about? There's like hints about these other websites. What's another fucking website? What am I forgetting here? It's uh. Oh, these are shoulder pads, not elbow pads. Elbowpads.com. No, but it's the opposite. These are shoulder pads, not elbow pads. Is my new website. Ryan's website is these. These are elbow pads, not shoulder pads.com. People are going to get confused, Mike. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they are. What if what if my website goes broke and you start making billions of dollars? (laughs) Are you going to be done being friends? No, (laughs) man, you are Andrew Garfield and I'm Jesse Eisenberg. Is that why I hate love Andrew Lasagna? Yep. (laughs) <laughs> Ryan, can you please tell us about uh, another show? Yeah, uh, Movie of the Year is blowing up right now. We're going to take a break from our 20, uh, 2002 season, and we're going to start talking about 2022 in hindsight. We have so many crazy shows coming. We have the best of every category of every year. Uh, best jackets, worst websites. I have heard these are not elbow pads. These are shoulder pads. Is you one said of the every worst category website. of every year. Mostly the year 2022, though, right? But mostly that year. We're gonna go. We're gonna have a bracket of best years, and I think 1978 is gonna win. That's a good year. I'm gonna dark horse 2001. So uh, subscribe, rate, and review movie of the year, and of course the superhero show show. Uh, we also are on social media currently: Instagram at your pop filter, Twitter 
at your pop filter. <laughs> and you know what? At this point, go over to Parlor at your pop filter. <laughs> go ahead and check all those out. Should we talk about our new NFTs? Yeah. Drop we released them. a whole trading cards of Ryan's elbow NFTs. <laughs> $99 each, and you can have a picture of my elbows. And let me tell you, they're worth it, everyone. Go ahead and send those over to us. That money, I mean, you get the bows. I also have uh, a new jacket where the elbow pads pop out and there are just speakers that play music. That's the Bose bows? The Bose bows, yeah. Bose. Those are the Bose bows. Good. Perfect. On that high note, we are ending this episode. But next week, you guys, we're going to be covering more Doom Patrol. We're going to have more of the greatest songs ever sung poorly and more short shows. So <laughs> <laughs> enjoy that. Oh, wait. I also have a jacket where the... Uh, it only fits giant stuffed animals, and when the elbows pads pop out, then uh, like bees will come up. Bebos? Those are Bebos, Bebos. <laughs> I had to interrupt you, Cassie. I'm it's sorry. Beautiful. What do you want me to yeah. do? I, it's I'm in his like, contract. <laughs> I know. I know. It feels good to be interrupted again, so thank you for that. Uh, for <laughs> Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For me, I am me. For Caitlin, I am me. Bye, everyone. <laughs>